0: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host,
1: Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast, with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets' timecast brought to you by Santa Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Off day for the Hornets on the floor, but never an off day here on the HHC. We've got a special conversation coming up for you with Hornets assistant coach Marlon Garnett. His first year on the Hornets staff, we'll talk about his journey in the game of basketball and through the NBA, as well as some of the great players he's played with and and. and worked with the latest in Possibly greatest when it's all said and done could be LaMelo Ball. We'll talk to Coach Garnett about all of those topics. But first, we've got a little scoreboard watching to do. Last night, Charlotte got some help from the Milwaukee Bucks, who beat Brooklyn in overtime, 120-119. to 119. Not so lucky with the result of the Hawks game. Cleveland went to Atlanta and got boat raced, 131-107. to 107. It was not close. Now, the game was in Atlanta, and Atlanta has been the... Uh, very much superior home team of all three of these squads that are all neck and neck. And they're so close together that at the end of last night's games, Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta are now all tied at 40-37, and 37, which brings up an interesting question. What happens if there's a three-way tie? Well, I'll tell you, the first applicable tiebreaker right now is combined head-to-head win percentage. At the moment, Charlotte is 4 and 3 versus the Nets and Hawks. Nets hold a 3 and 2 record against the Hornets and Hawks, and Atlanta is 2 and 4 against Brooklyn and Charlotte. So, it's win percentage, not total wins, which means Brooklyn currently holds the tiebreaker. But the Nets still have to play Atlanta one more time. The results of that one could loom large. If Brooklyn wins it, they are going to have the tiebreaker. They will be the eighth seed in the upcoming play-in tournament. But if the Hawks win it and Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta all end up Tied in wins and losses, come seasons close, the Hornets would then have the best win percentage within the three. Charlotte would be four and three. Nets would be three and three and Charlotte would move into the 7-8 game as the 8 seed with the best head-to-head win percentage of the three. Now, there are other tiebreakers that could end up applying between two teams, between three teams, but that's the cleanest one that's most applicable right now, and it's still complicated, so I'm not going to bother with the rest of it. Not much to watch for tonight. Uh, Toronto is in Orlando. If the Raptors win, then the Hornets cannot catch them. That would guarantee Charlotte can't climb out of a play-in position and into the top six. Kind of known already, but that would indeed make it official. So, likelihood is Hornets, Hawks, and Nets will all end up clustered come season's end, making each and every game even more important. By the way, that Atlanta-Brooklyn game, it's on Saturday, same day the Hornets will be taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, and we'll, of course, have our preview podcast for that one for you Tomorrow, Coming up next, that special conversation I teased earlier, Hornets assistant coach Marlon Garnett sits down with me after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this
0: season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the
1: Hornets app today. Without further ado, we welcome Hornets assistant coach Marlon Garnett here to the Hornet Tive Cast. Marlon, first, thanks so much for the time. Recent developments, the team has clinched a postseason berth. Obviously, your first year here, and so you should take all the credit that the team's on pace to go 500 for the first time in a while. But what what does it mean, it's a long season, it's a grind, to know that you're going to have the reward of at least an 83rd game? Yeah, I
2: take, I take none of the credit, to be honest with you, but um, it, it's somewhat of a relief, you know, to... Start the season, and you know, you have a goal in mind. And one of our goals was to make the playoffs. Obviously, it's I don't want to say just to play in, but um, missed the first steps for us, you know, reaching a goal of getting into the playoffs. And I think with the squad that we have, once we you know get everyone healthy, we got a pretty good shot to make a run. But first things first, we got to continue finish the season on a strong note, which I think we've been doing a really good job fate in our own hands and not worry about other teams. You know, with our seeding, so we'll continue to approach these games one at a time, try to win as many of them as we can, and then we'll see where the cards are dealt and where we fall going into uh, the play-in.
1: It is a, a coaching staff that's had a lot of continuity over James Borrego's tenure. Two new additions, you're one of them this year. Coming in with an outsider's perspective, what advantages does that
2: give you, and where were some areas that you thought you could really help out this team and the staff? Well, I think a lot of times with teams when you have the consistency, which is a positive, you get caught up in a rut of the same. So bringing in a different voice can sometimes trigger some other things or, you know, have some other eyes and see stuff a different way. But there was a little bit of consistency. You know, my one year in San Antonio, I worked with, with Coach Borrego, with, uh, with Dutchie. And then when I was in Phoenix, you know, I was Triano's assistant when he took over. As an interim coach, um, but part of the responsibility that I was given when I first got here, I sat down with Barrego when we decided that I was going to come here, was uh, to work with Lamelo. So that was one of the responsibilities, and then he also wanted me because in the past I've done scouts. So he wanted me to help with the defensive side of the basketball, and it's just been a pleasure working with, with Chad, with Coach who are you know defensive coordinator and again just trying to put different eyes on and just see where I can you know where I can fit and help the team as best as possible Um, hopefully I've done a good job at at that I'm a over the critical person of myself and the work that you know I bring to the table I'm always trying to polish my craft it was the same way when I was a player so I'm just trying to get better just like we're trying to get these guys better each and every day.
1: Part of that role you mentioned working specifically with LaMelo Ball. Your previous stop, you were with the Atlanta Hawks. You worked, I'm sure, a lot with Trey Young. And I know they are two very, very different players in how they approach the game. But in your time in Atlanta, we saw Trey Young jump from being a really good individual player to being an all-star leading his team to the playoffs. And we've seen a similar move here for LaMelo. What is it about this time in their careers that you've been able to put some imprint on and help get them where they want to
2: go? Well, I think it's a process for, you know, for these guys that come in so young and they've established a way and a style of play, you know, during their high school years. And obviously, Lamelo he didn't go to college, but Trey only playing one year. But when you come to a level like this, you know, it's kind of an equal opportunity type of, of deal that you try to get them to buy into. So I, I try to bring that to the table, help their growth and their, their evolution, and from a player development standpoint, you're always evaluating the talent and then you're figuring out creative ways to, to motivate these guys to play with a empowering your teammates kind of mentality as well as them being who they are and who they've been all their careers that makes them who they are. And then you, you just try to develop, develop them, find areas where you can touch them. I use an analogy um, with some of these guys when they're as talented as they are. It doesn't really matter, in a sense, who they who they work with. They're gonna they're gonna be good. They're already good, and they're gonna be good. So I, I look at the role that I have with them as you know, they are already a, like a pretty young lady, and I just add the accessories, I add the bracelet, the watch, the, the earrings, or whatever, just to try to sharpen up and polish up what's already a a, a product that's uh, you know great. It's been fun. I'm I'm just grateful to like here. I'm grateful to Coach Borrego entrusting me with the responsibility of you know working with Lamelo. Um, indebted and grateful to coach pierce when i was in atlanta allowing me assigning me to trey young and then Coach Earl watson as well when i was in phoenix uh to be able to work with devin booker i'm just grateful it's a blessing
1: when it comes to lamello in in a certain respect this generation of players they play a ton of basketball coming up between aau and all the different circuits they're on on the other hand lamello is still so Young in his career and the pandemic had to alter things a little bit for you know his last year before really going into the NBA plus the international side of things. He, he still is very, very early in his NBA career. You've worked with him this season? Where have you seen the biggest growth and where do you see that next step coming as he makes
2: the transition year two to year three? He's just scratching the surface and to your point he missed quite a number of games I think in his first year you know because of injury and there was a point in this season where you kind of got to pinch yourself as a coach and remind yourself that the kid had barely played 100 you know NBA games and stuff that he's accomplished already in, in this you know, time frame of, of his career in the NBA is, I mean, it's pretty remarkable. But he is he is growing. I mean, he's a he's a willing passer as a, a a playmaker on the on the basketball court. I think the the biggest asset is that his teammates enjoy playing with him. He brings a joy to the game that is very contagious, which is respectful and is great. He has a short term memory, which is is good. So, but he's just a he's just a joy to, to work with. He's a pleasant energy, magnetic. Um, and just being around him is, is is fun. So his upside is, I mean, the sky's really the limit. I, I see a lot of really great things. One of the biggest areas that I think he's improved a lot on is his free throws. He's been locked into that. His percentages are higher than what they were in uh, the, his first year. So I'm, I mean, he's really excited about that. And I think he's just starting to figure out how to manipulate the game as a, as a point guard, not be so much just – out there hooping and picking spots. Uh, so his shot selection, I think, is improving and has gotten better. I didn't see a lot of it, you know, in the first year, but just from what I hear, and I think he's been doing a really good job execution down the stretch, you know, for us making the right plays and just simple plays, getting it to the right guy and not trying to do anything extra, but also being able to have the balance of being Lamelo Ball ball that, that we know he is. He's a spectacular player and fun to watch.
1: More to come with Hornets assistant coach Marlon Garnett after this quick break here on the Hornet Timecast, brought to you by Senta.
2: I'm not anti aging, I'm pro looking
1: my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking
0: young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
1: Marlon Garnett, Hornets assistant, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Let's talk a little bit about your playing experience. You spent about a decade in Europe You had 24 games in the NBA, and you were an all-conference player, conference player of the year at Santa Clara University in the West Coast Conference. And this current generation probably only knows the WCC through Gonzaga dominating every year. But when you were there, it was more cyclical, more like a normal conference. Teams, programs would have ups and downs, and you were probably part of the biggest up in Santa Clara Broncos history playing with some guy named Steve Nash – and then taking over the reins yourself. Of those three experiences, what sticks out of you is what
2: puts you on your path to your current position now being a coach? That's a tough one. Those were those were some really good years. My freshman year wasn't as good. So it's funny, we're, you know, we're watching the, the NCAA tournament right now. And to your point, Gonzaga's like running the table. They've been running the table for a long time. And I, I just can't like cheer for them. And it, it's funny. I want to respect them cuz it's a West Coast Conference team and it's it's amazing to me to see the evolution of the West Coast Conference where three teams made it in like pretty easily too in the field. So that's great because back when, you know, I played, you had to basically win the conference to get in. We were fortunate enough at Santa Clara to get a couple at-large bids because we didn't do very well in our conference tournaments. We would finish the regular season first and Gonzaga would be just under us outside of that was my last 3 years, my freshman year. I think we finished like six, but we kind of ran the conference. But again, Gonzaga was still good. And it wasn't until you know after probably a year after I left, when Gonzaga started to just you know kind of run that run that conference. So a lot of really good years playing with Steve was was great. I mean, he, I mean, again, I'm indebted to the career that I was able to have to be able to play with somebody. It was just he just made the game so much easier, and the skill that I have being able to shoot the basketball. He would give me open shots, like, so easy. So I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to play. It It was great to catch up with him when we just recently played Brooklyn. Apologies to giving him that L. but. <laughs> Do you see
1: LaMelo in Steve and Steven LaMelo from playing, being on the floor with a, a point guard who's roughly the same age then that LaMelo is now?
2: Yeah, there's some similarities there with the magicianish type of, you know, being able to see a lot of the game and be able to make plays like after. You're kind of like, wow, should I be fanning that pass? But that was a pretty good pass. So I think that similarity, you know, it is the same. I think LaMelo can get to the point where he'll be a little bit more solid and steady. With his play, Steve kind of had that, you know, always from the get go. I don't know if that's playing a lot of different sports or whatnot, but there are some similarities between the two.
1: When your playing career was done, you go into coaching, and before you go to the NBA, you're a high school coach about 25 miles away from Charlotte. When you took that job, did you? feel you were going to the NBA as a next move? Was it maybe I'm going to be a high school coach for the next couple of decades? What, what was your thought process and what did you think of living in Charlotte then compared to now?
2: It was always a mindset to get to the NBA, but when I took that job, you know, I wasn't sure. You know, I had always had dreams after my playing career of being a coach. It wasn't really so much the NBA, but having played in the NBA and you know, having connections there. I finished my playing career overseas, and I was like, yeah, I want to be in the A. But I had already had roots in Charlotte, um, moved from Los Angeles in 2007, still at the tail end of my playing career. So when the opportunity came up, it was actually to be the head basketball coach, and I was teaching P.E. and health for, for middle school, sixth graders. And I didn't know. I was a little bit apprehensive about that part of it. Obviously, I was excited about, you know, being able to coach the basketball team. So I just kind of went through the process as if, you know, I was going to be this high school teacher because I actually enjoyed it. I had a, had a good time after the first year, and I was going into the second year, you know, with the team. The team had improved from years years prior. It was a small charter one A school, so not a whole lot of talent, but a bunch of kids who had you know, run through a wall and played hard. And they had a couple losing seasons where they didn't even win a game. And then the first year we were like seven and thirteen, so. Big improvement, but still, from a competitor standpoint, I was hoping to, to be a little bit better than that, but to answer your question, going into that, that second year, I actually took the practice test to get my teacher's credentials, cause, so I was kind of just taking the steps to be, you know, high school, see how this thing pans out, and then the opportunity with the San Antonio Spurs came up. Um, it was one that I couldn't really turn down because, you know, it was always in the back of my mind to become an NBA coach, so... Here we are now. It all worked out, and I'm just continuing to pound the pavement and just polishing my craft and just trying to get better every day, and we'll see where this takes me. I'm sure some of those kids are still hitting you up for tickets or advice or something. Uh, not so much tickets, but it's funny. There there were a couple kids that showed up to one of, the, one of the kids that I worked with. His dad was at a game, and then the kid actually ended up being at the next game. And I get texts every once in a while, and I actually got one recently on Christmas. One of the kids who – I connected really well with and you know he was having some challenges or whatnot and you know you always try to sow seeds of you know positive vibes and whatnot and you just never know how they they pan out but reading the text you can tell that it harvested into something that was positive and it kind of got me emotional during Christmas time but it was a good emotional so yeah I do get those texts every once in a while but think they've been pretty good We're not trying to hit me away tickets
1: special thing to at least have those relationships still coming down the home stretch now heading into April February was a very difficult month a lot of losses March was a tremendous month a lot of wins in your opinion seeing this team and its growth is this team the one that we saw in March capable of beating anyone in the NBA going on the kind of playoff run that would be truly magical or is it maybe somewhere in the middle but still on that upward trajectory on its its overall growth plan
2: as a dreamer, i got to go believe that March is who we are. And, again, back to the point of, you know, with a healthy squad, hopefully we get Gordon back here. I mean, I think we can compete with with anybody. I mean, we you look at some of the games that we've won, some of the big team, big wins that we've had, I think in that setting and on that stage, you know, those guys will be ready to step up. And I think it's going to be really good for these young guys to at least taste it for the first time and build from that, you know, for years to come. So, First things first, you know, we've got to continue to finish this regular season strong and hopefully go into this play-in or, I mean, who knows, play playoffs. Again, as a dreamer, you want to believe that a miracle can happen and we can go into it full bore, fully equipped with, you know, our whole roster and, you know, let's toss it up and see where we land
1: no matter what it's it's been a special season one of improvement first season above five hundred potentially since twenty sixteen and proportional amount of credit to you as a new addition to the staff to that to that
2: it's such a great staff to to work with and work for everybody we connect really well i mean it's hard to to really explain kind of the, the dynamic that we we have and coach Borrego has just been he's been phenomenal it's not an easy job sitting in that seat is is very difficult i've never sat in the seat but you can just see it i've seen close friends you know working with lloyd and um coach triano and it, it just isn't an easy it's not an easy job and i think he's he's done it with flying colors and you know i'm just grateful that he trusts me enough to to do what i do and i'm just here to support him as best as possible and hopefully we can continue to push this thing push the envelope on it
1: And to your point, every year that JB has been with Charlotte, they've exceeded the national preseason expectations. So there you go. So he's he's been a tremendous coach and a good eye for talent as well. Coach Garnett, thanks so much for the time, and good luck here on the stretch run. Not a problem. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this edition of the HHC. Tomorrow, it'll be a preview edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We will get you ready for Hornets versus 76ers. Big day of basketball when it comes to the Queen City and the great state of North Carolina between the final four Hornets-Sixers and a game that could influence things down in Atlanta as well between the Hawks and Nets. And, of course, we'll have it all covered for you on tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Till then, for our guest today, Hornets assistant Marlon Garnett, our producer Rob Longo, and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.